Hello, Brad here. Just to say we're super proud that the Friday 5pm podcast is sponsored by the Malt Miller, the UK's best home brew store. We use the Malt Miller for all of our homebrew experiments, as well as tapping them up for advice and binging on their awesome YouTube channel all the time. That's why whenever we release a homebrew video, we put a recipe kit live on the Malt Miller, so you can brew with the exact same amazing ingredients that we did. The same ingredients used by pro brewers. So alongside the Malt Miller's nitro-flushed hops, cold-stored yeast and milled-to-order malts, you can pick up recipe kits for our Five Points Best Bitter, Russian River West Coast IPA, and now the fastest beer in the world, a hazy session IPA that goes from grain to glass in less than 48 hours. Sign up to their newsletter at tinyurl.com forward slash maltmiller to get 5% off your first order. With the Malt Miller's amazing customer service and Johnny's 48-hour recipe, you could order the ingredients on a Monday and be drinking the beer by the weekend. Speaking of which, it's Friday. It's 5pm. So enjoy this week's Friday 5pm podcast. Happy Friday, Big Geeks. I hope you are having as much fun as I am because I am down at Duration Brewing up in Norfolk. Down up in Norfolk. Where are you, Bradley? You're down up in Norfolk. I'm down... I'm s- down up in Norfolk, I'm yeah. down south in Catford. Uh, I've just been drawing some lavender, uh, which is lovely. A lovely way to spend... Drawing it. some lavender? Yeah, you know, I'd sort of where I do my design stuff on the, you know, as well as Craft Beer Channel. My One of my tasks today is I'm illustrating for... Uh, a regular uh, client. Uh, yeah, so I'm drawing some some lavender, which will be infused into um, uh, making home uh, perfumes at home, essentially. So it's just, uh, oh, right. things to do, things to do this summer, Johnny. That's what an of... incredibly wholesome way to spend a Friday, Brad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, certainly better than the hangover I had yesterday, which stopped me drawing the lavender. But hey. Yep. Oh, did you did you stay late after our shoot? Yeah, I stayed with Jack uh, pretty much till closing, I think. Uh, oh, my days. Yeah, because I, I left you guys at about seven and Jack was like, oh, I fancy a beer. And you're like, yeah, I'll stay for one. And a little part <laughs> of me went, no, I don't think that's going to be one beer. And clearly my instinct was correct. Yeah, yeah. So we were, well, we can talk about what we did. We were filming with Anspach and Hobday and on a, on a crazy multiple, multiple location shoot day. But we ended up um, in in a classic haunt of uh, a sort of craft beer bar in London, didn't we, Johnny? A place that I don't necessarily go to that much anymore because I don't live that close. But Mother Kelly certainly has a has a place in the hearts of many. Oh, I mean, it was pro- it was probably in my mind it was the first like really proper craft beer bar that you know dedicated twenty taps and endless fridges to. It's a small, small batch and pretty unusual beer. And I used to go there all the time back yeah. in the, the the days when London craft brewing was at its at its peak. I think it's I think it's struggling a little bit at the moment in London. Um, but yeah, it was really nice to go back there after like four or five years. Um, and actually, I didn't drink anything but Anspach and Hobday beer there. But it was pleasing to see lots of exciting other stuff, including Baron, my local brewery, were in there, which was very nice to see. Nice. Yeah, I, I still think... Uh... Even after all these years, Mother Kelly's is still quite an impressive place. There aren't many places that have usurped it in, in the number of taps and the number of fridges um, that are in the, in that sort of density of space. Because it's not huge, mm. but it's sort of like all singing, all dancing. So, yeah, it was great. And I like the sort of, um, uh, what do you call it, kind of banqueting, tabling, where you, you're sort of 
forced to make friends with people. I think that's quite nice. Yeah, my stranger danger was on high alert, particularly with what we were filming, where we were we were uh, going up to potential people who we kind of forced a pint upon and went, "What do you think of this?" Well, I I did, Johnny. Uh, uh, yeah, you did. I just filmed it. Yeah, very it, much so. It's uh, it, it's it basically it felt like every time I was going to go and chat somebody up, um, which you know. It was like being a teenager again, was well, it? Well, I don't know about teenagers these days. Nobody chats anyone up anymore. But, you know, I'm nearly 40. And when I was 20, the only way you were going to meet uh, girls or guys, if you're into guys or whatever, is going and actually physically talking to them. Because we, we barely had <laughs> mobile phones. Uh, Dad, you've never sounded older in your life than... <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty sure that young people still talk to each other. I don't know, man. I, they, you I know, they, they don't just text each other to the point of getting married. Nah, it's all it's all like internet dating chisel and like DMs and all this sort of business these days. But, um, you know, back in the day, it used to be you'd go out, you'd see someone you sort of like the look of, and you'd have to be brave enough to go and talk to them. Or you'd sort of think, oh, I've, I've let I've let the love of my life escape because I'm too much of a coward. So basically multiply that by 20, uh, 20 times over, uh, going up to people the other night and going, uh, I'm not a weirdo, I'm not trying to chat you up, um, but can I buy you a drink? And I'm not, <laughs> not going to murder you, I'm not going to poison it, but it's delicious, honest, and I, you know, I've got no bad intentions. Uh, and then surprisingly, or not surprisingly, Everyone but one person said, yes, please. Because who doesn't love free shit, Johnny? It's true. It's true. Um, yeah, so we had, we had a wild time in Mother Kelly's uh, giving out free pints to, in the end, very willing participants um, for the shoot with Anne in Hob Day. But then, so what were you drinking after I left? What what caused the hangover? Oh, London Black, mate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, you kept on it? Yeah, Jack, Good Lord. Jack was like, oh, yeah. Um, he said, you can have what you want, but I'm going to keep on the black. And I was, he said, you know, I don't get to drink it that much. Um, so I said, oh, it would be rude not to. So I think we probably had maybe dispatched another four pints of it, I imagine. Maybe a bit more. Good Lord, we'd already had three or four. Yeah. So I didn't feel too clever the next day. But um, yeah, man, what a beer. What a sessionable beer. It was incredible. I love it. It is. It is yeah, 4.4%. 4. Yeah. But it it feels even even lighter and more drinkable than that, I think. And I'm quite excited to see, you know, we, we, so we've put together a video basically putting it next to Guinness and saying, you know, could this be London's London's Guinness? Um, it's, a, it's a sponsored video, by the way, as well. But we've we've put a lot into it, a lot of porter and stout history. We've gone to some important sites in UK brewing, such as the old site of the Anchor Brewery, which is where Barclay Perkins and Courage brewed. Um, Centuries, uh, decades before, certainly in the case of Courage. Um, so it's going to be a really cool video with, yeah, like we said, lots of different locations, some history, some tasting notes, the whole brew day of, of London Black as well. Um, and that's going to be in in a couple of weeks. Yeah. Um, it wasn't the only hangover you've had, right? You were also at a Budvar event. Actually, it was the only hangover I've had, Johnny, because I drove to a Budvar event. How crazy am I? Um, he drives to a beer event. Bradley. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, but I, this was all in the name of professionalism, Johnny, because I knew we were filming early. The next that is your middle name. The next day we were filming early, Johnny. So I said, if I drive there, I can only have <laughs> like literally a pint, and then I have to go. But um, yeah, I went to uh, Budvar launch for their new uh, to the UK beer. I think it's pretty much new to anywhere uh, called Nafilter, which is a sort of unfiltered uh, pilsner 
um, similar to the original, but um, higher IBU, lower ABV, and um, a bit hazy. Not crazy hazy, but a little bit hazy. Um, hmm. And it was a joy. There were lots of uh, beer illuminati, beer luminaries, not beer illuminati, beer luminaries. There. No, that, those those are different people. Yeah, like Pete Brown was there. Um, some old, some old friends. I'm not going to name check a bunch of people, but uh, lots of journalists and stuff were there, and me and my girlfriend, um, who I took along because I said there's going to be free pizza, and we both love Ace Pizza. It was at the Pembury Tavern. I forgot to mention that, but. Um, hmm. Yeah, the the filter was tasting pretty good. The original I thought was tasting excellent. Uh my good friend Radim was 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 sort of demoing uh the sort of Czech all the different Czech side pours. Uh well Czech style. You said you said there was some some beef that the the Pilsner Akel standard pour, the Hadlinker, they're yeah. they're not into. They have a, a different take on it. Yeah, yeah. So they the uh, Radim and also Adam, uh who's the brewmaster, the tenth brewmaster ever of Budvar, who was there uh talking, which was quite amazing. He was very passionate about the 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 nectar that he was producing. Um such a sweet, sweet, uh, lovely man as well. They were both sort of saying to me that, um, well, actually, it's more Radim about the poor, but he was saying that the, uh, the uh, well, how do we say it? Sorry, I've forgotten. The Hadlinker. Hadlinker, yeah, no, God, no wonder I've forgotten. The Hadlinker <laughs> is a one part poor, and the tap stays under the foam the entirety of the time. And it's, it's not hard, it's not hard poor, but it's, it's a one part poor. So the difference between that, which is the PU way, the standard pour, and their standard pour, um, is they do a two-part pour. So they they let the foam out uh, for about three seconds. You get about three seconds of foam into the glass, and then you fully open up the side pour. So you get liquid, not foam. And then that foamy head uh, raises to about the two-third mark on your glass and then you take it away you take it away for 30 seconds johnny away from the tap out of uh being under the liquid so it does you know it it breaks the surface of of the foam you let it settle for about 30 seconds and then you go back in uh and you top it up uh fully open with the side pour so just all liquid and, and, and what would you say was the the difference flavor wise because the hadlinker is supposed to like emphasize the carbonation the bitterness the the crispness of pilsner Raquel, whereas our other pours are more about the smooth buttery yeah i, I would deliciousness i would say it was a bit maybe smoother and a little bit sweeter um yeah, potentially. So somewhere in between the hadlinker and the snit yeah 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 and it was i mean it's amazing isn't it that we can like we are not making this up you can pour the same pint <laughs> yeah, of, it does sound of, made up of doesn't czech it? pilsner which you know a lot of people uh big ipa drinkers and stuff might dismiss it and go hasn't got a lot of flavor compared to you know whatever a big a big uh Dnieper or what or something else that's sort of you know spiky and crazy but um you can pour this thing a bunch of different ways, and honestly, honest to God, it tastes different every time. Mm. It's quite incredible. I think, yeah, there's, there's two important points to make. Like, one is that there's when people say that lager is boring, I think I've said this on the podcast and probably on the Craft Beer channel many times, but there's a difference between simplicity, like something being simple and boring, and something being nuanced, you know? Yeah. So if something is much lighter, fresher, cleaner, more simple, you can have nuance very easily. You can play around with it. 
Whereas, you know, if you did the different pause with an IPA, I don't think you're going to particularly notice much difference. So you can play around with Lagomore, but also it shows the the dedication, the training, and the um, the attention to detail that goes into pouring points in the Czech Republic compared to the UK, where it's just open the tap, 45 degrees, slowly pull it straight, and nobody really thinks about, you know, the, the texture, the theatre, the potential for flavour, for oxidation, any of that. The closest we get is arguing about sparklers or no sparklers. Exactly. Um, this, I mean, the side opening ourselves up to the, the world of the Luca side pour tap with a totally different... It has like a ball valve inside it and these different gauzes that um, you can really... To get wet foam, you not, can get, that's not it. dry foam. You yeah. get wet foam. So instead of being uh, something like 20% wet which is our sort of, uh, the way it pours out of one of our regular... Box standard foam. Yeah, you yeah. can get, I think he said like 80% wet foam. So that means that if you let your pint settle, 80% of that head will turn into liquid. Um, so if you pull them a mlico, like the, the full-on foam, yeah. and let it settle, you'd end up with 80% liquid. I think so. 80% out, of the volume of liquid. Out of the foam, yeah, yeah. Out of the foam, yeah. yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. So, uh, uh, um, and you got... Sorry, no, he said up to 80%, so that might not be a Maluka. Oh, oh, okay. So you can... you can. Yeah. It's amazing. You, it's like a sort of watching a Jedi or something. They can manipulate the foam uh, in a way <laughs> I've not seen, other than Henok manipulating foam. Uh, also on a side, <laughs> also on a Luca. But um, yeah. yeah, man, magical stuff. And you got gifted a Luca, right? I did. So I'm I'm friends with Radim. Shout out to Radim, uh, UK ambassador for um, Budvar, who seems to have a pretty cool job where he just he travels around sort of as a beer educator uh teaching people about the wonders of of uh side pour and whatever and and also um you know how to how to pour uh he's he's the foam jedi he's the foam jedi he's only a foam jedi obi foam obi wanka (laughs) foamy (laughs) he's gonna love this um yeah he he just straight i i told him he he, he's a keen home brewer as well he's got a radimsky brewing uh, set up in his in his house where he lives, um, uh, which looks very very cool, and he, he makes all different styles of beer. Haven't had a chance to try it yet, but um, he was asking about our own home brewing exploits, uh, and I told him we were going to make a keezer, um, and I'd love to have a side side pour tap on there at some point. And the man just went straight over to some corner. And cracked out a frigging Luca and handed it to me and was like, you can have this, mate. Um, if you need any help installing it or anything, uh, I'm your man. So big shout out. You know, I was I was, I was thinking about this because initially I was like, I quite like to install it. I want to work out how it works. But wouldn't it be better if we got a master check pourer, Obi-Wan Kofomi, yeah. to come and install our Luca tap to make sure it is working beautifully and I could brew the best attempt I can at, can at a Czech Pilsner for it. This is, surely this is optimum geekiness. If we get the it friggin', is. the guy, the OG real deal dude to come down, help us out, um, give us all his pointers, I think it has to be done. We've got to make it happen. Yep. 
There we go. That's a video right there. Um, talking of homebrew, the final thing we did. We've had a busy week, Brad. Um, on Monday, we brewed our Omnipoyo collaboration. So this was the, the Imperial Stout that we've been teasing that we're going to be making. And we made a 36-litre batch of Imperial Stout, which we then split across two fermenters, added lactose to one for Bradley's. We're not adding lactose to mine. Um, and that was... that was well, I, start, I mashed in at 8, 8.40 and we transferred at four so it was a long old brew day it wasn't, um, it wasn't and we missed our numbers so yeah. we've we've had to use a little bit of of malt extract to get to our numbers but there's there's no shame in that in homebrew um and i learned a lot about mash efficiency in the process yeah <sighs> it's it's crazy that um one-to-one ratio that Henup was suggesting is wild having seen yeah, so, what, what was it three to one in the end we we were with we were at three, yeah. So j- just for non-homebrewers or for people that haven't thought about mash this much, you you have a ratio of water to to grain when you mash in, and generally it's between two and three to one. So two to three grains to sorry, two to three water to one grain. Henock was encouraging us to do one to one, so basically drier than porridge, like porridge when you've left it on the side for for twenty minutes. Um, so we did that with the first mash. And it was incredibly dry. We didn't get the efficiency that we wanted. Even, like, Henock knew that he wasn't, but uh, I didn't calculate that correctly. Um, so with the second mash, we had to go pretty traditional to get the numbers we needed. Um, so, yeah, massive learning curve on, on how to do that. And probably I'll be looking into techniques to do really dry mashes in the grain father as well. Um, but afterwards, I was having some discussions with some different people. I had a discussion with the head brewer of... Uh, Galway Bay Brewing, who obviously make uh, 1,000 Fathoms, which is an amazing imperial stout. Um, and yeah, he said his mash efficiency when he does that beer is like 42%. We got 50, no, 62% mash wow. efficiency, which is really low for us. But yeah, he was just like, no, you just have to accept you're going to use a, an absolute megaton of grain for not a lot of beer. Yeah. Yeah, I sent you a, um, I follow an Instagram account called Depths of Wikipedia. Which just some sort of interesting people look at the weirdest uh, stuff on Wikipedia, and I sent you a, uh, a sort of grab of a man drowning in in a grain silo, and said that <laughs> that was our mash, and it was it was like saying don't don't die in the void or something of of a of a ma- of, of a grain silo, and I just thought that is essentially what we were trying to sort of produce. We were fighting against what it was, a yeah. void of, of grain. Um, Thankfully, the, the only victim was my white walls while brewing a dark beer. So I'm going to have to have a little look look into that, maybe put some kind of covering up so that I'm not constantly scrubbing and repainting my, my beautifully, lovingly, hurriedly painted studio walls. Splashback. Um, splashback. So yeah, that, that video will be going live in a couple of weeks. We just Obviously, it takes a long time to ferment a 10% beer. Well, not a long time, longer than than it would for anything anything else we've brewed before um so yeah i'm not quite sure when that video will come out we just need to check the beer comes out well and that the adjuncts are as delicious as we're hoping for which they better be because i spent 100 quid on them um yeah should we talk about this week's video oh it'd be rude not to wouldn't it especially after what we've just been talking about yeah (laughs) Oh, and that, yeah. Yeah, so this week was our video, the second video coming out of the Church of Omnipoyo, which we visited a couple of weeks ago. Um, And this one was all about what even is pastry stout. So looking at the definitions, the history, and then, of course, talking to one of the greatest creators of it in Henoch, co-founder of Omnipoyo. 
Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I I saw one of the comments was like, wow, you really did get a lot of footage from the trip. <laughs> I think we did. We were only there for like two days, really. Uh, it was three, uh, three not, days. Not but... even 48 hours. It yeah. was just shy of 48 hours we were there. We absolutely smashed it with the footage, uh, despite being both horrendously hungover. Um, yeah. It was, hard. it was a hard slog, but um, my God, I think I think it was beautiful, all the stuff we got there. So pleased yeah, I'm to be really, traveling. Yeah, it was so nice to be out there and to be making the most of it. Um, and this video, I thought, came out really well. You know, we've been doing what even is videos for quite a long time. Um, but it was really nice because this was probably the first one we've made since, well, since the world opened up. And it was really nice to get an expert and somebody involved in that whole scene on there for the first time to be able to have somebody go like, you know, we said this is the history of it. But he was like, but this is the beer that inspired me and brought out the Narca beer, which caused some consternation in the comments. Lots mm. of people amazed at such a whale being brought out at such, you know, so, so not not dismissively what's the word casually he was just like yeah i traded for this um I mean, there was some comments being like like criticizing us for not being like oh my god um you know we we drink a lot of whales you see we're we're we're, we're very privileged we're the prince of wales prince of what <laughs> princes of wales <laughs> t-shirt yeah it's a bad t-shirt um, have you seen that yeah, have it, you, just to divert slightly have you seen the footage which has resurfaced of prince charles I think it's maybe early 80s where he's talking about uh, to a reporter about a suitor for marriage and he licks his lips in a really disgusting way. Um, oh, no. It's it's grim. It makes me feel a bit sick watching it. He's, he looks like a sort of cretinous... Uh, yeah, he just looks like a creep, basically. He's talking about you know, what, what what he would want in a wife. And then he licks his lips in a really odd way. What? This summer, I'm going to be hosting talks at the Manchester, Bristol and London Craft Beer Festivals, giving festival goers the chance to attend tutored tastings, rare beer pours, meet the brewers and even guided tours of the bars. These three festivals are the highlights of my events calendar, featuring some of the world's best breweries with delicious restaurant pop-ups, great music, and a really welcoming party atmosphere. It's the third year I've been hosting the We Are Beer Tastings table, but for the first time, I'm delighted to offer all of our listeners, viewers, and Patreons £5 off a ticket when you use the code CBC5. Just hit the link in the description to buy. See you there. Why have we gone here, Bradley? Why have we gone to this dark place? Prince of Wales, mate. Prince, Prince of Wales, sure. Um, <laughs> yeah, so yeah, so we, we drank the beer that sort of inspired um, inspired Hanok to get into pastry brewing. I also love the revelation that when he was a kid, he wanted to be a pastry chef. I think that's an amazing little uh, full circle that he's travelled. And he is. He is a pastry chef. Yeah, Basically. well, that was kind of the point I was making, Brad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Full circle yeah. <laughs> in that he is a freaking yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, what what did you see any interesting comments? And what I think I know what you're going to talk about. Well, you know, I'll let you go first because my comments are bigging up my uh, my They're all about my, you. my ego. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So I just enjoyed. There were quite a few comments from people sort of saying pastry stouts aren't for me. 
Um, but if other people like them, then power to them, which is a very uncraft beer geek approach. Usually it's, I don't like this, so therefore everyone else is wrong. Um, so I appreciate Jonathan G and very keen to please and some others who were sort of saying, uh, I don't like this at all, but uh, <laughs> I'm glad that you do. And I think that's probably how a lot of people feel about pastry stout because some people absolutely love it and some people just sort of don't quite understand it. And I think I understand it a lot better off the back of our trip to Apollo, sort of understanding the amount of craft that goes into the, it's the sourcing that's the real craft and also the acceptance of how much malt you're going to have to use um, and how good that original base beer is going to have to be. And I'm really worried that ours won't be, but we'll see. Um, go on, Bradley, tell us about your fleece. No, I was going to add to that, that comment, your comments that, you know, the fact that people are like, yeah, go on then, uh, is testament to, I think, how passionate Henock was in that interview. That you can't really argue with a man that's that that geeky about beer. That you know the beers he makes are you know amazingly well considered and, and incredible feats against nature. Um, so yeah, <laughs> I think I think yeah, agree. People cannot go ah they can't just dismiss it and go ah it's crap isn't it because you just listen to that guy a spouse for a good while. But anyway yeah, uh, people really liked my my feeler. Um, fleece that I wore, Johnny. My pink feeler fleece. Uh, I so liked it too. Just, my, just, just for the record, that was five pounds at a boot sale uh, the week before. Um, got got pretty lucky with it. I think my girlfriend absolutely hates it. <laughs> and when I, she really didn't want me to buy it, it was um, it was quite rough on the outside. I've given it a good wash. Um, not that it was unclean. But she was just needed some fabric softener. Yeah, it was like she's like this is like sandpaper rough on the outside, and then the inside feels a little bit like a neoprene wetsuit, um, which I was oh. confused about until I showed uh, somebody who knows more about these things than I do, and they said that is a windproof lining, my friend. That's a thermal coat you've got there. Thermal coat for five pounds, Johnny. So I mean, you can't argue with that. Yeah, and it is bright pink and orange, so I love it. Um, yeah, and it's like wearing a piece of history and feeler. Exactly. I don't. I don't even know how old it is. It might not even be that old. But um, yeah, so we had. It, it's it's got new rave written all over it. I think it's nineties. It does. It does look nineties. But I mean, that is that is fashion, baby. These days, everything's about mm-hmm. the nineties. Uh, so we had comments from JS Four Directions. Brad looking absolutely decadent in that jumper. Uh, another comment said. Uh, from Greg Johnson, feeler jacket is on point, Brad. Uh, and he also said another great video, guys. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, that's irrelevant at this point, isn't it? Yeah. The, the video is yeah, yeah. no longer about beer. It's about Brad's brand new £5 fleece. Yeah, yeah. Ka- Kazim Edmund replied, I came for the beer but stayed for the pink jacket. <laughs> so um, Just staring at it yeah. for 15 minutes. I do I do try hard with, you know, some of my looks. I, I try to uh, push the boundaries and look a bit wacky because you know i think it's sort of like uh it's part of my personality and i think it's you know it's good that um i could maybe maybe there's a cribs-esque video in diving into your into your wardrobe oh dear it's it's very disorganized um (laughs) it's it's half full of vintage uh motorcycle jackets uh that i used to collect uh i've literally got about 10 different bell staffs and barber internationals and all these like 
and Lewis Levers, all these like really amazing old sort of motorcycle jackets, but I don't get them out too much anymore. Um, they smell a bit weird because they're wax, wax cotton and leather. Also, leather smells kind of weird as well, but quite amazing. I also like lumberjack jackets. So I've got loads of those too. Lots of uh, virgin wool uh, jackets, American made in Seattle and all over the place. Alaska outfitters and yeah, all kinds of stuff, man. I like I like all of that sort of stuff. But... Okay, stop, stop with the spoilers, man. We're making this video. Okay, okay. We'll, we'll put a beer in your hand because clearly all people want is a beer in our hand and then to talk about what you're wearing that week. Yeah, yeah. Well, we did get, we got some comments about my um, my multicolored uh, Ralph Ralph Lauren um, patchwork top that yeah. I wore in on the polo as well. So I, I think yeah, yeah, you brought the fashion I, to the pastry. Well, I'm trying to bring videos. like the color to the pastry stuff because it is they are these mad sort of colourful ingredients. So I think that was my my deeper sort of uh feeling um was was that, you know, I need to sort of shout uh colour and and like fruity flavours and stuff because of what we're talking about. Johnny, I've just remembered that I woke up at four o'clock this morning and I wrote some notes in my phone about Uh-oh. about uh videos we should bake. And then when I looked at them this morning Uh-oh. this morning I was like, they're fucking terrible ideas. <laughs> but I was I was having a like a lucid, vivid dream that I was on a roller coaster and um we were doing beer reviews on a roller coaster. Um and we were drinking beers as we were going on a roller coaster. And another point we were um making a starter for a homebrew. So we were sort of you had like a jug that you were putting a starter in and then, you know, doing it was doing its thing while we were on a roller coaster. Um, what do you think? Do you think any roller coasters will will let us uh, drink and film ourselves as we as we go hurtle around it? You know, various G forces. I'm, I'm going to file that under stuff for Brad to research. Honestly, it was the most amazing. I thought, oh shit! I woke up from the dream and I was like, I need to write this down. Otherwise, I'm going to forget. <laughs> and then uh, it's so I disappointing. The first time that's ever happened yeah, in craft yeah, beer yeah. channel history. The first time you've gone, I need to write that down. No, no, I've got, I've been, I've got reams of stuff I've written down, but this is just one that I thought was terrible. So I told, <laughs> no, so I've told you about it. I was like, this is not good. What was my crazy? Usually, I have nightmares and horrible sort of dreams and, and stuff but this one was joyous and we were just having a great time mate so yeah there you go so wonderful. watch out for bradley's bradley's fashion channel and bradley's roller coaster reviews yeah yeah, yeah. um well i thought it could Johnny be will probably not be partaking in either no but 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 you know we'd have the thumbnail sorted because you know when you go around on the vampire ride or whatever it takes your photo at some point Oh, that's so, true. If you forget the thumbnail, you still you've got a backup. Yeah, we'd have the YouTube thumbnail image. We'd have to use that as well. <laughs> so that is the whole. That's the whole series, man. We have to. We have to buy that twenty pound photo that they 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 try and sell you <laughs> at the end of the ride, where you you either got your eyes closed or you look scared or you're just looking the wrong way or something. Uh, we've got to buy that every single time, and then we've got to make a a cracking video. Which which would cost more than the advertising revenue we'd we'd get in return. Oh, so, oh yeah, unless it yeah. went viral, I, I, could go viral, Johnny. Unless it went viral, yeah, yeah, that's true. Because we're now swimming, swimming Scrooge McDuck style oh. uh, in 
in American sense, thanks to going viral. Um, yeah, I think I could be one round to this idea. Uh, I'll have a think over the next week, um, <laughs> and I'll, I'll update you in Friday 5pm next week, eh? Sweet, cool. I'll try and have cool. some more strange dreams to... Uh... Please do. To give you next week, what do you reckon? Yeah, nice. Please do. Sounds good. Alrighty, guys. Well, that's that's all we've got time for. We'll be uh, we'll be with you on Wednesday when we are visiting Track Brewery in Manchester, uh, and then of course we'll be back for Friday 5 p.m. Um, Brad will probably be wearing something wacky, but you won't be able to see it. I think the feeler fleece might come out in the track video, maybe. Um, so look forward to that on Wednesday. The Bubble and Friday 5pm podcasts are brought to you by the nerds behind YouTube's Craft Beer channel. You can watch over 400 mini documentaries at youtube.com slash the craft beer channel. And if you love what we do, support us via Patreon and get access to merchandise and our amazing Discord forum. A positive and welcoming space for everyone who loves beer, food and homebrewing. Love and beer. Love and beer.